A warm welcome to each and every single one of you who's tuned in to yet another episode of Disky Vibes. However, today is not just your regular episode. Today is a special episode which focuses and zones in on the traditional number 10. I am joined by Schaba, my co-host. How are you doing, bro? Great, bro. As usual, you know, as I say every week, she has vibes. <laughs> <laughs> that is good. Yeah. And we are joined by a very special guest, uh, a man who I've been thoroughly impressed by, especially when it comes to his footballing knowledge, the experience that he has, and also the fact that he's also from a different generation of football, so he does tend to appreciate the traditional type of football. We are joined by the man, the legend, Mr. Neil. How are you doing, bro? I'm doing well in you and it's really an honor to be here on this podcast. I really enjoy this podcast myself, so to be featured here today, it's great, man. Oh, that is that is that is really really lovely. So, without wasting any time, today's episode is titled The Traditional Number 10. Or the evolution of the enganche, also known as the traquista. <laughs> The enganche is a Spanish word which, when translated to English, means a hook. An enganche on the football field is a player who, like a hook, connects the midfield of his team with the attack. The enganche, in essence, is a midfielder and a creative one at that. Sometimes an enganche is also referred to as the classic number 10. So the first question for you, Neil, is um, the modern game of football is evolving and the number 10 position... Um, isn't as occupied as much in today's football. How do you feel about the game evolving in midfield? It, it's really a great question that you're asking me now because yeah. when you think about it, it revolves around what we're asking, uh, the traditional number 10. The evolution is that the game has become more pressing, more hardworking. Mm-hmm. You can't just be that number 10 that was lazy. We just waited for the ball to spread it across the midfield. Yeah. Uh, looking at the evolution of it, I'm happy because it's the beautiful game. Yeah. Whatever happens, whatever decade, we just see it becoming more and more beautiful. So I appreciate what's happening now in the game. And for you, Bambi, how do you see the evolution of the of the number 10? Of the number 10. Yeah. Well, first and foremost, um, I'd like to a- acknowledge what Neil has just said concerning um, how the beautiful game has evolved. However, with every beautiful side, I feel there's an ugly side to that. And that is the death of the number 10. When you look at um, a a formation, traditionally speaking, football started out as a 4-4-2. And over the years, uh, the teams that would dominate possession stand or stood a better chance of winning games. So then the question was, how could we have more men in midfield? And that's when we saw it go from a 4-4-2 to a 4-2-3-1. Whereas um, the second striker would then drop into midfield. And that how, that's how the number 10 was born. This was uh, a man tasked to play in between the lines. A man tasked to keep um, the midfield flowing as the third option. And in today's game, you get to realize and understand that a lot of coaches... And a lot of teams are trying to nullify the number 10. And a lot of teams have moved away from using a number 10 because there isn't space anymore. Because a lot of teams are either using a double pivot or they use three midfielders where sometimes it could even be three defensive midfielders. 
So a lot of teams are playing a lot more tactical and a lot of teams are defensive in their pursuit of winning a game. And because of that, you find yourself as a number 10 not having enough space to actually be able to influence the game. What do you then do as a number 10 when you don't have the space to influence the game? You drop. And by virtue of you dropping, you drop from a number 10 position into... You drop in from a number 10 position into a, an advanced 8 role. And that is why today we have um, the two advanced 8s and we don't have the number 10. I'm saddened that we're losing the traditional number 10 because football as we know it or from uh, Neil's perspective from that older generation, football is all about the number 10. So it's, it's, it's sad to see. However, it's also beautiful to see that there is another side of the game that we can appreciate in midfield, which is the much more hard-working and industrious side to the game. Yeah, I agree with you. I think uh, the loss of the number 10 is sad because often the number 10 was the most influential player on the team. He was the, tasked with uh, connecting the, the midfield and the attack and often he won the games individually by dribbling past players and giving that key pass which no other player saw. So, but I think now we see we see a few variations of of the number ten. Yeah. We see a, a second exactly. striker. We see like a sec, a four a center forward. We can see Messi as well. I think yes. he's a he's a variation of a number ten. Yeah. We can see one that plays from deep. Yeah. Who creates from deep? Yeah. Maybe like a Pogba or or a Jorginho for Chelsea. Yeah. Under Sari, someone who who is very good at passing and breaking the lines. So I I don't think it's completely died. I think it's just evolved. If I could say, yeah. 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 And um, with, with that being said, I'd just like to ask you guys, why do you think teams don't play with traditional number 10s anymore? If I could answer that one, I think uh, the pressing game has really put pressure on the traditional number 10. Yeah. If we would think of someone like Juan uh, Roman Riquelme, if he had to play against Liverpool, it would be a very tough task. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, even though I, I, I highly regard uh, uh, Riquelme, yeah. uh, it would be a big task for him. And the team that he played for then, Villarreal, uh, with Diego Forlan up front, they relied on Riquelme. He actually won the Pachichi uh, um, Forlan because of Riquelme's uh, style of play and distributing that ball. He outscored Eto, yeah, you yeah. know, for, with Barcelona. So that shows how important that 10 was still then. But seeing him now against a team like Liverpool, even Leeds, don't have big names, yeah. but the way the coach has set up the team would really suffocate Riquelme and he wouldn't be able to play. Mm. Yeah. For me, it's time. These, the, there's no time in midfield. You can't just slow the game down as Nganche is known for. Yeah. He's, slow, he's known to pause the game and yes. to look and to slow it down and to he dictates the pace of the game most of the time. So... Time, time, we don't have time in today's football. There's no time. There's no time on the ball. And I think from a, a tactical perspective, uh, a lot of footballing managers have become very astute in being able to um, make sure that certain zones are not played in. And I always say that you don't have to be a great, um, a great tackler as a defensive oh. player to be a good defender. But one who can sh make sure that um, offensive players don't play in certain uh, areas, in certain zones of the pitch. 
And because of that, it's so difficult for you to influence if you're suffocated, so difficult for you to influence from, from deep. However, that's what you're left with in today's game. And I think another reason why a lot of teams don't play with number 10s anymore is because the game has evolved so much so that each and everyone is required to put in a shift offensively and defensively. Yeah. Whereas a lot of traditional number 10s wouldn't, wouldn't put much work into the defensive side of the game. And that's what we're currently seeing with a, a player like Mesut Ozil. Yeah, exactly. That's the complaint around Mesut Ozil, is that he's so good on the ball, but when he does not have the ball, what does he give us? Uh, Johan Crave best put it, a football player has the ball for about three minutes. What is he doing for the other 87 minutes? So if you take that and apply it to Mesut Ozil, it means that for 87 minutes... Mesut Ozo won't give you anything, yeah. essentially, in this case. And a lot of teams cannot afford to have that, especially because of how competitive the game has become. And another reason why I think a lot of teams don't play with a traditional 10 is because number 10s, like you said, have evolved. Yeah. So number 10 could either be an inverted winger or it yeah. could be an advanced 8. Yeah. And the best example of this is... Man City, in my own opinion, yeah. because the prime Man City under Guardiola, when they had Fernandinho, they had De Bruyne and they had Silva as the three-man midfield. All three of those players in the beginning of their careers were all operating as a 10, even Fernandinho. But then he then had to adapt his game and he dropped into midfield and became a defensive midfielder. He dropped uh, Silva and De Bruyne and made them advance eights as well. So it's either you adapt or you get left behind. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think that was a perfect, perfect analogy. When you look <laughs> yeah. at Man City, yeah. they really pulled it off there. Yeah, and I think as well, the fans hate the number 10. Well, they they look at it like he's lazy, like you pointed out lazy yeah, earlier Ozil. on. Yeah, like yeah. Mesut Ozil is looked at, is frowned upon because he doesn't run as much. Yeah. Even though he does, when the, when the distance comes out, he's he's traveled the most distance. It, it's just, it doesn't look like he's putting in the work yeah. as, the, as the fans expect. And I think the, the, the biggest problem that we have as human beings, I think it's, 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 it's based on emotion. And because the sport is very emotional and fans are also very emotional, as human beings, we like things which are pleasing to the eye. So when I see a player running around and making tackles, that to me says that he's working hard. However, we don't appreciate players who work smart. Yeah. Because there's many number 10s who might not cover that distance. But when you look at the assists and you look at the yes. key passes, they rank high up. And I feel like because it's such a, a, a human error, it's something we're going to struggle with for years to come. You know, Because a game can end 1-0, for example. Mm. And you might feel like this player hasn't done enough. And all they did was score that one goal. And they've won the game. Yeah. But you feel like he's not doing enough. And I, th and I just feel like that's another issue. And it's just, it's just part of being a human. You know? So when you see Masut Ozil not running back, not making tackles, especially when he plays in England, it just seems as if he's lazy. Whereas if you look at his key passes yeah. and you look at what he brings to the game offensively, none can match. And that's why Arsenal are currently struggling. They can't even pick a pass. Just mm. one pass to split the defense and yeah. put Obama Yang in. Yeah. Yeah. With that being said, do you think do you still think there's a place for number tens in modern day football? Yeah, you know. In modern day football? <laughs> yeah. 
I believe that there's always place for artistry on the field. Mm. And I appreciate when I when I watch a game with a with a player like Neymar, with yeah. someone like Messi, you just enjoy matches like that where yeah. someone takes it into their own hands because I believe that's what the ten would do traditionally. When the game is tight, when uh, there's a split pass needed through the defense, that is exactly when you needed that ten to step up. And we've seen it with Neymar, we've seen it with Messi. And I believe there is place for that. If that ever goes away, then football will become really boring. Yeah. Mm. But we appreciate that it has modernized. And look at a guy like Neymar. You'll see him put in tackles. Yeah. You'll see him do what number 10s would do, and that's roll on the floor. People, people would say he's acting. That is actually an art form uh. in South America. <laughs> yeah. Number 10 needs to know how to dive in a certain way to win fouls. Uh. Yeah. And... We, we see that. That is like football from the streets yeah. on the world stage. I appreciate it. I think it will be there and it will continue to be there in, 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 in the coming years. I think it, it's dying out because uh, more and more we see players that are system players, I would say. Yeah. So they're more tactically aware. They're not, they don't really like create things. They're not freestyle. We see less and less players like that. Take nothing away from those players. True. They are they are really technical. I would say we're becoming more technical than creative and free form. Then so yeah, I think there is a place for uh, modern day tens because if you have more technical players, I think the number ten would stand out. Yes, exactly. exactly. So I think there is a place for 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 number tens in the modern day football. I definitely do think that there is. A, uh, a space for number 10s in modern day football and if anything in modern day football we're going to get the very best number 10s oh. and I say that because you have to be a cut above the rest because when you actually look at uh, Lionel Messi's hit, heat map and you look at Neymar's heat map they're operating as 10s but yeah. they are at the very best they are at the pinnacle of playing as a number 10 because if you look at it uh, 15 years ago, number 10s would often finish, um, for argument's sake, let's say with 10 goals and maybe 12 assists. Yeah. But when you look at what Neymar and Messi are doing, they're able to finish with extraordinary numbers. When you look at uh, a, a Jaden Sancho, for example, yeah. I know that he operates very much so on the wing for Dortmund. But in one way or another, he is the playmaker for, for Dortmund. He was able to finish with uh, 17 goals and 17 assists last season, which is 34 um, goal involvements, which that's what we want from, 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 from a playmaker. So I definitely do think that there's a place for number 10s in modern day football. I just think they won't be categorized as number 10s. Wow. And I think yeah. they either go out wide or they play as an inverted forward or they play as a false nine or they play a lot deeper in midfield like uh, a Kevin De Bruyne. And with that being said, we're always going to need number 10s. We're always going to yes. need creative players in football because football is becoming a lot more difficult. It's becoming a lot more systematic and it's becoming so... More athletic as well. More athletic as yeah, well. Yeah. And it's becoming so engineered that you need a moment of brilliance yeah. that comes from pure art and pure talent to break that down. And that's why there will always be a place for number 10s. It's just that in modern day football, we're going to have the very best number 10s. Number oh. 10s that will give us goals and assists. Because when you speak of um, 
a number 10 like uh, Rikalme, for example. He was very good on the ball. However, if you have a look at his stats, it wouldn't suggest that he was the complete number 10. Yeah. But that's just because uh, years ago, it was accepted for playmakers to, to, to finish with not such a high tally of goals and assists because of what they do for the team in general. Yeah. So there definitely is a space for number 10s in modern day football. And I agree with you. I think more and more teams... Uh, are compact in defense, so it, you find compact. it very hard for a player to be in the middle of, of everything. That's why you said that uh, they have to move out wide or yeah. deeper. So, yeah, I agree. We're just seeing uh, different, variations of, different the, variations of the number 10. And sorry, sorry, we actually have seen uh, some number 10s go to waste in the last yeah. few years. Yeah. Yeah. If they were born 10 years Before, prior, they yeah. would really have stood out. If you look at uh, someone like Pastore, Never got a game for Argentina, okay. but he would fit perfectly in the system when there was Ayman, Riquelme, for example. So, um, yeah, football is, is modernizing, it's changing, but I really like what uh, Bambi said there. We are looking for that uh, moments of brilliance and artistry, yeah. and I think that will come to the fore very soon. And I love what you've just mentioned there, Neil. I'd actually like for us to just touch on it and mention some of the players that we feel as number 10s, which have... I wouldn't like to say gone to waste, but midfielders yeah. who have not lived up to their potential. Number 10s who have not lived up to their potential. Who are some of the guys that you can think of from top of your head? Uh, for me, one of my favorite number 10s is uh, Dimitri Payet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That guy, yeah. he's amazing. He's a playmaker at heart. Like yeah. there's, there's nothing he can't do. And I think in 2016, he played for, for France in that number 10 uh, yes. position when they lost against uh, Germany at the Euros. Is it Portugal at Oh was yes, it, Portugal, yeah, Portugal sorry, at the yeah. Euros. Yeah, that was one of his best years and he epitomized he epitomized what a number ten is all about. Someone who can create, someone who is who who is like free, like he could dribble the whole team as we saw for West Ham in the London Stadium. Yeah. With one of his brilliant goals, dribble past everyone else and then he got to the end and I think he chipped the keeper at yeah, the end. Yeah. He's a joy to watch. So I think he didn't live up to the potential, but I think he's still a great player. Yeah. yeah. So that's one for me. One for you. Yeah. No, no, no. I agree on that. <laughs> yeah. I, I would say that uh, Eva Benega. Mm. Yeah. If we look what he did oh. with Sevilla, with the, with the Europa, quality yeah, player, yeah, quality yeah. player. Yeah. And I think he just uh, if if we look at the ad campaign Adidas ran in the 2006 World Cup, it was everyone plus ten. So mm. it was Zidane plus 10, Riquelme plus 10. It was all these players plus 10. So it yeah. was, that was a generation of number 10s. Imagine Bayet then. Imagine yeah. Banega then. Man, yeah. what yeah. football we'd see. That is really And crazy. for me, Eva Banega always looks like he has so much time on the ball. Yes. <laughs> like he looks yeah. like he has infinite time on the ball. That time is being pressed. Yeah. But still, he finds a way to pick the pass under pressure. Yeah. To dribble past the player. To pick that right ball. So yeah, I agree with you, Eva Banega. Can I ask a question? Yeah. Was Teko Modisa, should he have been born a few years huh. prior? I, I, I think, and actually we're going to go into Teko Modisa a bit later. <laughs> yeah. you know? And I think he was born in the perfect generation, yes. my, in my own opinion. I really, I really do think so. However, just to mention a midfielder, a number 10, which I feel has not lived up to a potential and who I loved watching and I love watching yeah. still to this day, Francisco Elacron, known as Isco. Yeah. 
yeah. Yes. He's he's one of yeah. He's on his day. He's one of the best players in world football, and it's just a pity that um, the three-man midfield sort of saw Isco being tactically um, moved out yeah. in a sense that they went with uh, Modric, Cruz, and Casemiro. So now there's no space for uh, an Isco. And had Isco been a lot like an Iniesta, because Iniesta coming through the ranks at Barcelona played as a 10. Yes. But as time progressed, he then had to realize that at Barcelona, we play with a three-man midfield Mm. with two number eights and a sitter. Yeah. As opposed to Haas having a 10. So he was quickly able to evolve his game and play deeper. And I felt that Isco would follow the very same trajectory. However, it's unfortunate that he, he hasn't. Yeah. And for me, it's, it's, it's sad to see, you know, seeing a player like uh, Isco being linked to Everton. Mm. Seeing um, James yeah. Rodriguez having to play for Everton. True. When those two players are arguably some of the best football players you'll see on their day. Exactly. You know, and they play mm. that position with ease and it's yeah. so natural. And there's a common thing that all of these players share is that they are slow. They're not the, yeah. the most yes. athletic players yes. out of in the whole game. Yeah. And that's what's impressive. And that's that's what the number ten is. It's true. Someone who can slow the game down, dribble and then pick the pass. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And um who would you guys say is your favorite playmaker, past and present, and why? Uh, for me, it had to be uh, David Silva for City. I think yeah. uh, he's been in, in three, three or four winning teams in the in the BPL, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. And uh, he has a World Cup. He has a U- Europa League. The achievements go on and on. So I think he he has the medals to show that he's been a, a quality player. Yeah. But as well, when you see him play, he's he's so graceful when he when he plays football. Yeah. Um, the thing that he's known for is the reverse ball. So he gives the, the defenders the eyes and then he gives it diagonal yeah. ball to, to the opposition. No, to the to his his winger. Yeah. And that's what for me, that's what he's all about. Yeah. He can score free kicks as well. He's good in build up play. And uh, if you have that guy in the half space, you've won the game. Yeah. yeah. Definitely very good on the yeah. turn. Yeah. So for me, David Silva. Okay. Favorite and play um, favorite play, past and present. You're allowed to pick one of the past as well. Past. Yeah. It's gonna be a hard one because I, I didn't really watch. Okay. Yeah. So, my favorite. Um, I'll start with the past. Yeah. My favorite playmakers and number tens of the past. Um, firstly, Dego Mudise. Oh. So coming back to your yeah. point, I think he was born in um, the perfect generation. Um, I just feel that when he didn't get that move from Pirates to, and having, got, having not gone to overseas, not being given the opportunity, I feel like that's what really deterred his career. I won't say destroyed his career because he went on yes. to Mamelodi Sundowns and he yeah. achieved so much with them. But I think he's the perfect number 10 yeah. because from a technique perspective, he's got great technique. He could hit balls from, yeah. he could score from, from any range. And both feet, left foot, right foot. And what I love about Tego Mudise is that although he was known for being able to dribble, but towards the end of his career, he was now a great passer of the ball. Mm. You know, which yeah, is something I 
knew and I saw that he always had throughout his career because I I followed Tego Mutise religiously so so from the past he's my favorite playmaker another favorite playmaker of mine from the past definitely has to be Zinedine Zidane yeah yeah and I I think he's he is the most elegant footballer I've ever seen how he plays the game his first touch his control how deft he, how deft he is how intelligent he is how he was always able to find himself in space you know and this is a man who never had skill this is a man who didn't have pace you'd never see him being able to run past three four players with stepovers but he would just sort of drift past them you know and that for me is is everything when you've got a tall player who's not the quickest but he's so elegant on the football pitch mm, yeah. and what i also loved about zidane was the amount of goals and assists that he was able to contribute even playing as as a 10 in that generation and zizou won the world cup and unfortunately he did end uh, his last ever game was uh, the infamous yes. headbutt <laughs> you know unfortunately in the final and i do believe that had he kept his head <laughs> no pun intended yeah. <laughs> and he kept his head they would have won that final because he had it and the game that stands out the most for me was Zizou at the 2006 World Cup against Brazil when he single-handedly led France to that win and he was so elegant on the day playing against a star-studded lineup mm. playing against Ronaldinho Kaká Ronaldo Adriano a young Robinho who came mm. off the bench at Milson yeah. these were all quality players that he was coming up against and he only had a Thierry Henry and a young Ribéry on his side mm. but he was able to take the game by the scruff of the neck and he assisted Henry and for me he is the perfect number 10 in my opinion in world football mm. and then present my favorite number 10 is uh Temba Zwane who plays for Mamelodi Sundowns and much like the evolution of football what i love about zwane his ability to adapt to the game at times he was played as as a right winger but now we currently see him see him occupying a forward role and he's actually got the most goals within the dstv premiership at this at this present state mm. he's got six goals in six games which is a, a fantastic return even if you're talking about Lionel Messi having six goals in six yes. games in the league that is great yeah. in the premier league that is great anywhere you go in the world so that is a player for me who epitomizes and has been able to perfect the number 10 role in south african mm. football because in south african football we've had many good number 10s on the ball and they assist but they not complete with regards to scoring goals whereas temba zwane is going to give you the goals and he's going to give you the assists and i really love how he's able to play the game at his own tempo and his own pace a lot of footballers actually struggle with that and there's so many games that you'd watch where sundowns are playing and you realize that other players don't have much time on the ball but him he plays the game at his own pace and that's what i love about temba zwane one of the most intelligent footballers i have ever seen this is a player who didn't go through any development ranks he learned his football on the streets of tembisa and he has come through to become arguably one of the best if not the best south african footballer in today's landscape and finally my favorite number 10 <laughs> his name <Neymar. laughs> neymar is my favorite number 10 neymar is my favorite number 10 because he is a perfect balance between ronaldinho and ronaldo 
from Brazil. I say this because that, yeah. Ronaldo was a goal-scoring machine. Ronaldinho was very good with the tricks and flicks and the assists. Mm. But with Neymar, you get the best of, of both, both worlds. Yes. Mm. And how he's been able to adapt himself and to the modern-day game has been absolutely brilliant. This is a player who started out on the left flank, coming up through Santos, and that's all he ever did, was just dribble people from the left. But if you currently look at his style of play now, the type of passes he's able to, to give, and decisive passes in the Champions League, where he was able to get PSG back against Atalanta when it looked like they were going to get knocked out, those two decisive assists for me were everything. So Neymar is by far and large my favorite footballer of all time and my favorite number 10. Mm. Oh, awesome. Uh, Neymar, you know, you know how you changed my mind on Neymar. Let's not go there. But really, uh, a great uh, homage that you pay to him because I think he's one of those players that, that, that have modernized. Yeah. He's adapted to that number 10 role. Um, for me... Um, I'm not going to reveal my age, but I fell, in, <laughs> I fell in love with football because of that iconic number 10 jersey in blue and white stripes. Mm. And uh, my, my dad bought me a VHS cassette mm. of this man. And when I saw he was short, I was the shortest kid in my class. So I was like, wow, mm. this is my superhero. And I'm just going to say the name, Diego Maradona, and then I'm going to move on. <laughs> um, present, Lionel Messi. Mm. What Messi has done is he's taken the bar of football and raised it. Yeah. Um, first they said he can't pass a ball, became assist king. Yeah. First they said he couldn't score. Eto told him, start scoring. You'll see how you dominate world football. He started lobbing keepers, started <laughs> eating it from the outside, the 18 area. And then they said he couldn't take free kicks. And he really is the free kick master right now. Yeah. Lionel Messi has really taken that number 10 jersey and made it his own. Which is very difficult to do if you think about what Messi had on his shoulders. Messi mm. had to take the number 10 from Ronaldinho. Mm. And Messi had to take the 10 that was taken from Maradona. Handed sure. down, you yeah. know. Everyone that's gotten that new Maradona put on their name sure. has failed. Yeah. And yeah, a little boy from Rosario puts it on and he takes the bar up and he outscores Maradona. He out-assists Maradona at Barcelona and at Argentina. And what's really big is he outscores Gabriel Batistuta, which was a real iconic number nine of his time. Mm. So to be the top goal scorer for your country, I know the eluded World Cup is still up there for question. Yeah. But I got my thumbs, uh, uh, you know, I got my fingers crossed that Messi pulls that one out of the bag. But Lionel Messi... He's a magician. He's a number 10. Definitely. Yeah. And, and I, I love that you, all the number 10s we've mentioned, um, David Silva. David Silva is actually ranked fourth on all times goal scorers list for Spain. That's how many goals he scored for Spain. Oh. Messi, ranked number one. And Neymar is a couple of goals away from actually breaking Pella's record. Yeah. And what I love about the three number 10s that we've mentioned, these are all very special footballers for their yeah. countries. These are all very special footballers who don't just assist, but who also score a lot of goals. Yeah. So I, I, I love the number 10s that you guys have picked. I also love watching those guys. They're definitely phenomenal footballers. Uh, let's move on and talk about the greatest uh, to ever, the greatest number 10 to ever play the game, Diego Armando Maradona. So for you, for someone who's been to South America, 
yeah. and who's seen what Maradona is all about. What do you think, or what what was he for for Argentinians and and for football lovers in South America? Well, for Argentina, Maradona is everything. I don't know if you guys saw the the when they went to view the body. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw I those. Didn't. Just check it on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. Anyone who's listening now, type that in YouTube. Yeah. And you'll really see what he meant to the people of Argentina. They say that Maradona represents the good of Argentina and the bad. Mm-hmm. So he's he's the the people's champion. Yeah. Um, the goal that he scored with his hand against England, if we can go there. <laughs> the hand of God. The hand of God. Prior to that, I think it was like four years or maybe more. They had war with England, the Falklands War. And that was his way of saying that that was the hand of God. You know, L- look what they were almost uh, colonized by England, England, so to say, Britain. Yeah. And after that, a few more minutes, he scored one of the greatest goals in a World Cup. The greatest, I believe, when he went from the halfway line past everyone and beat Shelton. Yeah. So Maradona was everything to Argentina. When I got off the plane and I got out of the airport, there was a statue of him. That was ah. the first thing I saw. Maradona is, people say he's a god. <laughs> <laughs> he has his own church. Uh, when I saw him, I had the opportunity to see him close up in 2010 uh, in South Africa uh, when they played the game in Polokwane. Yeah. I went to the hotel because I knew they were there. And unfortunately Maradona didn't want the team and himself to interact with the fans. But I stood about like 10 meters away from him. And let me tell you something, that man had energy around him. He had power around him. Ah. You know, I didn't even see Messi. <laughs> I was like, yo, this is Diego. <laughs> Diego's here. Forget Messi. <laughs> Forget Messi. Forget <laughs> Messi. So, um, I just would like to say thank you to Diego because that's the reason I played football. When mm. I saw Maradona, I said, that's what I want to do. And though I've never done it professionally, I'm still thinking about it every single day <laughs> of my life. You know, that's the power of football. Yeah. It's the power of the number 10. It makes, you know, it's a team sport. Yeah. But that one individual can inspire you to be part of a team. And uh, Diego, hats off to you. I love you a lot, Diego. Yeah. Well said. I don't think well I Well said. There's nothing else to add. <laughs> yeah. That's the whole reason why we, we actually brought you on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so I, uh, I can't add. Those are some of the most beautiful words. Beautiful story as well. I've ever heard concerning yeah. Diego Maradona. And yeah. I, I really love how much you've experienced and how much experience that you have. And we'd like to thank you for coming on to this special episode. And we feel honored to have been in your presence and under your tutelage as well, because there's so much that we have learned today about football, especially being a man who's seen so many more generations of football. So I'd just like to say thank you very much for coming on to this episode. And uh, to those listening at home, um, it's not the last time that you'll hear this very wise uh, uh, student of the game. He definitely will join us on many more episodes coming forward. So with that being said, we have come to the end of a very special episode My name is Liolo. And I'm Sichaba. Signing out.